Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 26 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Normally, I have a planned guest, but uh, there were some scheduling problems and issues that came up this week, but no big deal because I have Josh the Juice Jones from Hearthcore joining me today. The ultimate unplanned guest. Yeah, thank you for <laughs> stepping in last minute, buddy. I really appreciate hey, it. Hey, no problem. Happy to be here again. Thanks for having me on. Of course. The plan today is there might be some other previous guests stepping in and out. When when I realized last night that I didn't have um, a, a guest for this weekend, I sent a call out to people I knew who had their own podcasts because, uh, as Ryan Allgood from I Remembered It Better told me when he was on, is you can always get podcasters to podcast. So uh, <laughs> I sent out an, a 911 to, to all my previous guests with their own podcasts and said, hey, guys, if you're available, um, hop on on and we'll... Uh, Shoot the breeze, have a good time, catch up with everybody, and that is what we are doing this week. So thank you f- so much for, for hopping in last minute. Of course. Well, uh, Ryan Allgood definitely has a point. So what have you been up to since we like, last talked to you way back in episode five? Oh, man. Uh, it has been quite the ride. Hearthcore has kind of gone through some transitions uh, I've been doing more Hearthstone-related things, joining tournaments, uh, talking about new expansions, things like that. It's been it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, you've made some ch- changes to the show recently? Yeah, so unfortunately it got to the point where Rodney couldn't be the co-host anymore, so there was a, a period of time where I was having more guests on. I think I settled on some, some reoccurring guests, which is... Funny, because that's what I used to call myself on the show, was the reoccurring guest, and now here I am kind of running the show. So it's it's fun. I've really stepped up the audio editing involved. Uh, I wanted to make it more entertaining and make sure to tell more stories with it. That's cool. That's really exciting. And are you excited about the Whispered of the Old Gods that's coming out? At first, I was a little reticent about it, but I do have to say that I am excited now. If only to get changes to the metagame in, as well as the new standard format. Yeah, that'll definitely uh, make a difference. I think a lot of people are really stressed out or unhappy with the fact that they're doing uh, standard versus wild, but I don't see why. We're not losing anything. Like, you can still play Hearthstone exactly the way you're playing it now and not have any problems, and yet some people are, like, wigging out over it. Yeah, I think it's, it's primarily because standard is going to be the new format for competitive play, uh, especially at the Mm -hmm. higher levels. I wouldn't be surprised if we did see wild format competitive play as well, but standard is what Blizzard is really going to be pushing. But it could be because I also play Magic the Gathering, which has had the standard format in implementation for quite a while already, and it is still a very healthy game that I'm not incredibly worried about it. Plus, we get to get a lot more design space in because they're not worried on stacking all the effects on each other. Yeah, so I think we'll get some more interesting combinations and special cards that come through that are exciting and different. And we already see that with some of the cards that they're releasing for uh, Whisper of the Old Gods. Oh yeah, some of them are nuts. The whole Cthulhu synergy is a very interesting thing to do that you can really only do in a digital card game. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And uh, the other thing that I think is kind of interesting is a lot of people were really kind of disappointed that when they started releasing 
what the cards were going to be. It was like the first ones they put out, I think, were like the lowest on the totem pole for them, like the ones that are obviously not very good cards. But since that's all they were releasing, people are like, well, what's this? These are crappy cards. What are you doing? Yeah, they released the, the flavory kind of cards first where they're like, oh, the whispers of the old gods is changing the heroes you already know. Uh, but they're not that good. But then, no, they're not good cards at all. And then you start getting some of these, the new cards that are coming out more recently, uh, which they've made an interesting sort of choice on, uh, instead of doing that thing where they're like, oh, by the way, we're doing the announcement, and also it's coming out next week, uh, they, they're they kind of teasing it a bit more and giving people in the Hearthstone community teaser cards to to release, and people are voting on who can release their cards next. So I thought that was actually a very uh, healthy thing for the Hearthstone community. Yeah, no, it's really cool how they're doing it this time. We don't have a date on actual release yet, though, do we? Well, there was a bit of a leak on, I believe, an IGN article where they were talking about how uh, it was going to come out on the 26th, and then that got changed to be a little more vague. Okay. So I think the 26th would probably be the day to keep an eye on. I think that's also when they are planning on implementing the the new format changes, so it wouldn't surprise me if it came out on that day. All right, so we're looking at it around uh, the 26th? Yeah, I'd keep an eye, eye on that day. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. It's a fun game. I mean, it's still, I still play it every day. I've been, as I was saying before we started, I have been on a, a rough patch where I have not been able to get myself onto a win streak for, uh, you know, no matter how much I try. Uh, so I think I might just kind of consider this season a wash and just start playing fun decks and casual and and be done with it there you go sometimes you need to take the season off from laddering so you don't hit that ladder fatigue yeah yeah and after a while it's kind of like well i know that this is my good deck i don't want to switch to a deck that's not that great um because it's not going to help me any and uh and hitting my head against the wall is not going to make me love the game anymore so (laughs) Very cool. Any any really exciting uh, cards that you're you're looking forward to? Anything that you were just like that is amazing. So they recently announced Yog Saron, which mm-hmm. is a ten mana seven five, which right off the bat doesn't sound that exciting. And personally, I don't even think Yog Saron is that good in a very competitive sense. Mm-hmm. But its battle cry or its come into play effect is. When it comes into play, it casts a random spell with random targets for each spell you cast during the game up to that point. That's so ridiculous. It's so amazing. So, yeah, it's just like you you play plenty of spells throughout the game, regardless of the deck that you're running. Uh, like you don't have to be a mage to cast spells during the game. Like even uh, starting off with the coin and getting the Yogg-Saron will get you that extra spell. But the fun thing is, is like anything could happen. You'll end up pyroblasting uh, a one-one. You'll end up fireballing yourself. Like it, it's just chaos in a card. And I think that's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens. Yeah, because I guess it, the, the targets can be your your cards and yourself as well, right? Oh yeah, there's gonna. I think there's gonna be a lot of ties when Yogg-Saron comes out. <laughs> that's crazy that's they they really are doing some fun stuff with this particular expansion so it should be interesting to see how it all plans out and and uh what kind of decks because none of these are kind of like oh that's a replacement for this in that type of deck 
You know what I mean? It's like these are creating entirely new ways to play. Yeah, they're uh, they're put they're pushing Beast Druid again, which is what they've been mm-hmm. trying to do for I'd say the past two expansions. But this time they might have a couple cards that actually work in that direction. Uh, I don't think Paladin is going to be as omni-directional on the uh, the aggro versus control scale anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're losing a lot of good mid-range cards for it, so I think you either have to choose. Uh, but um, that, yeah, we are getting some interesting new cards that I'm not sure exactly where they are going to fit in. But I'm excited because Shaman is finally getting some solid mid-range cards. Yeah, I know there were two or three days in a row where they released uh, Shaman cards, and people are like, wow, they're just really just gloves off trying to improve Shaman. Yeah, a lot of the good Shaman cards actually showed up on April 1st. So a lot of people are like, wait a sec, I don't know if this card is real, because they're actually making good Shaman cards. Yeah, and it, which is sad if it gets to the point where releasing good cards for a class is <laughs> makes people go, oh, it's obviously an April Fool's Day joke. Yeah, but I'm happy they're sticking around. Now, the real question, the most important question with dealing Whisper with the Old Gods is, where do you weigh in on pet version of, of uh, Spawn of Nook? in Warcraft. Oh, I would love it. Oh my gosh, that would be so cute. For those of you who don't uh, know what we're talking about, there is a card that is three mana, two, two, death rattle, give your minions, plus one, plus one. But that really has nothing to do with why it's the best card ever. It is the cutest little tentacle monster ever. It's got like a little elephant kind of face. Uh, well, that doesn't really help much, but it's got like tentacles, and like it's an eldritch abomination that you just want to hug. Yeah, and and so it's kind of like you know I I tweeted out that uh, we need a in-game pet in World of Warcraft of this, and a bunch of people were like, forget that, I want a plushie. I, I think that was me actually. Oh, was it you? <laughs> yeah. I knew somebody. I know you had weighed in on it a little bit, but um, but I wasn't quite sure if you were the plushie or not. Um, I, I, I'd buy it. Yeah. No, Blizzard take my money right now. Let's get that made. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, this should be a lot of fun. It's going to be a fun month for Hearthstone. So perfect timing to have you on and talk about some of the, the stuff that's coming up. Yeah. Get your listeners up to date. And, uh, if you aren't playing Hearthstone currently, I do have to say this is one of the better times to be jumping in. So if you've been waffling on playing Hearthstone, go ahead and give it a whirl. And it's free to play, so it's not like you're making a big investment. If you try and you don't like it, well, then nothing lost. But uh, but yeah, this is the time to do it because you're you're going to be jumping in when they're making big changes, and they're really changes that kind of help people catch up because they're taking out a lot of cards that you don't have to worry about getting, and you're not going to be at disadvantage for not having. Okay. So, and uh, I don't think there's ever ever been a better time to start just getting free packs uh, between tavern brawls. And daily quests, I think this is a, this is a pretty solid time to be jumping in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how did you keep it geek this week? You do anything fun? Well, I think very similar to the last time I was on. I, last night I was at a Nerdist party, which oh, is nice. just a fun little coincidence. Uh, so that was fun. I went and saw my friend do Hamilton's, which was a – they were covering the Hamilton songs. Nice. Which, I uh, I think is is fun from a music and history geek sort of place. Other than that, just been playing Hearthstone. I bought a guild charter in World of Warcraft for the Hearthcore uh, Warcraft guild. Oh, cool! What uh, server are you so on? So we're doing Alliance on Frostmane. Frostmane. 
I don't think I have anything on there, but I'm always willing to roll something new. You may hop in there. Alrighty, yeah, we welcome you to join. Also, I need people to sign the charter. Uh, I think it's kind of odd that they still have you do that. It's kind of like, it's so easy to do. Just just give us the charter. Yeah, come on. I, w- I just want to invite people into it. Yeah. This week, have you caught up on uh, Walking Dead? Have you been watching that? So I I actually haven't caught up on Walking Dead since Herschel's Farm. That that's Oh, wow. That is my, my secret nerd shame. Is I'm just like, <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Uh, I I hear it's getting crazy, and it's definitely on my list, but it's just, at this point, I'm kind of doing that thing that I did with Breaking Bad, where I'm just waiting for it to end, and then I'll just power through it. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of people who are like that. Uh, a friend of mine refuses to watch any TV series until it's over, because she just can't handle waiting week to week to find out what happens next, and they're all about the cliffhangers. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that that would definitely be a reason if I'm waiting on a cliffhanger, I'm just like, ah, come on, that it consumes me. So that's one of the reasons I do that. Well, this week I, um, I've been on spring break, which has been nice. I, I haven't done really anything, which is, is much needed once in a while, but, um, I've been playing some games that I haven't played in a while. I've played a lot of Sims four, which I find I tend to play when I'm very stressed out. I don't know if it's like all of a sudden you've got if you can't control your own life, you might as well control somebody else's. Um, Is it so I, the taking a ladder out of the pool kind of control? You know what? I am not one to to kill off my Sims. I know a lot of people like that is their main goal when they play the game, but for me it's just kind of like what are all the things that I want to do that I don't have the time to do? Well, let me just speed it up and <laughs> look, he's an astronaut now. Yeah, and we can make infinite money, so it doesn't matter. Exactly, exactly. I can buy all the kind of stuff that I, I would love to buy in the real world. I'll just buy it in the game. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. So I've been doing that, and then the last couple of days, um, my Skyrim addiction has hit again. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh, I have so much time to play a video game. What should it be? Oh, the one that eats up so much time. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think I've finally picked... Inst- I usually go the stealthy archer. I think everybody kind of does that at some point. But I'm like, you know what? I never get far because I get bored because it's, you know, I've done it so much. So I've switched to kind of like a paladin-type character. And it's a completely different play style for me. So uh, I'm looking forward to going through a lot of the content, just, you know, running right up to things and hitting it with a sword. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of Skyrim. I think I broke it, though. Uh, which, like, you can break it e- pretty easily in-game if you get your crafting, so your enchantment or armor smithing up to 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, I have a mage-type character that their, like, fireball-type spells are free. And not oh, just wow. fireball, it's like all of the spells of that class, I think it's evocation, are free. So you're just running around with, like, the highest level spells in the class just throwing just raining destruction down on like the just anything giants or you just shoot them with a fire blast for free and it just keeps yeah it it got pretty silly but it's a lot of fun if if you are uh gonna like kind of get those skills up it is very rewarding in that sense although it kind of makes the game a little bit too easy yeah, there's there's definitely ways to play that game that are OP. Like, uh, have you ever played around with the, the I think it's the Wabajack staff? Oh, yeah, that's a lot of fun, where you get the random effect. 
Yeah, it randomly turns people into things, and so you can just, like, turn them into a cinnamon roll. <laughs> and then the guard's like, oh, what's the matter? Somebody stole your sweet roll? And then you just turn them into a sweet roll? <laughs> exactly. Ah, finally. So that's what I've been doing. I've been doing my dailies in, in Hearthstone, getting that done. Um, I was going to try and, and do uh, Warcraft over my break, but I, I think I've just... I just don't like this expansion, and I just don't like doing chores in my garrison. So I think, you know, I've got my a couple characters up to 100 that I can move on when Legion comes out. But uh, I think I think I'm done until the expansion. Yeah, that's. I think that's been a fairly common response to it. Yeah, and I mean the leveling experience was awesome, but not repeatable, and. Um, you know, just it just does not hold my interest. It, it requires too much checking back in, and uh, and I just don't have the time. Yeah, just don't have the time. <laughs> Who does? Exactly. Damn, being an adult. I know. Having it's... to make money. Uh, <laughs> there is certainly that. Uh, so some news stuff that's been going on again, people. This is this is a we're just hanging out kind of thing. So you know, feel free to send a tweet about any of this stuff or send a an email because we're, we're just hanging out we're just having a good time um, are we are we doing this live no oh no but you know you know if they have responses to any of this stuff we're talking about oh okay yeah <laughs> good surprise good. you're being broadcast live live tweet the show it's like oh cool that's pretty sweet uh no i have i'm actually going to be on periscope all day on saturday because I'm going to um, an event in Riverside called Poke Oasis. Ooh, I need to know about this. Yeah, okay, so it's a... Uh, I was going to talk about it in the special events later, but we might as well talk about it now, because it's kind of exciting. Um, I'm going to be in the Palm Springs Comic Con booth, and apparently it is a video game slash cosplay event. It is on April 16th at Fairmont Park in Riverside. And uh, it's going to be cosplay. What else do they have? Head-to-head trade. They're going to do card games. Basically, if it's Pokemon, they're doing it there. Um, They've told people to bring everything from their, you know, first-generation Game Boy up. Oh, wow. (laughs) I'm sure you'll find other people to to challenge with whatever you're bringing. Absolutely. Well, I think some people will probably bring it just to see if anybody is there. So, you know, they're going to do barbecue... It's all about you know kind of bringing lawn chairs and easy ups and just hanging out and and fanning out about Pokemon all all day. So that that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so I'm going to be there. I'm going to try and get uh, L from uh, Nerd Out app on there and uh, see if she'll update us on all the fun stuff that's going on with Nerd Out. And I'm just going to start grabbing people that are are walking by and talking to them about Pokemon and. Uh, and uh, their cosplay, and just what their geeky interests are, and we'll also be talking to the people from Palm Springs Comic Con, and it should be a really fun day. I'm really actually looking forward to it quite a bit. Hey, you're combining Pokemon and barbecue, which in the Pokemon universe would be terrifying, but in our universe, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, it, it it looks like it's just gonna be an awesome event. Come get this Toro steak, and you're just like, oh, it had a it it new moves. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a waste. <laughs> or, or it, you know, that's just its evolution. Is it evolves into, into barbecue? It evolves into delicious, delicious steak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shit, special move, delicious. Mm. 
that status effect is eaten. Oh. It is funny because just maybe a, a month ago for my birthday, uh, my brother uh, was going to lend me his uh, extra 3DS and uh, and surprise me with a brand new one and two Pokemon games. And he's like, have at it. And every week or so I get a little email update or something. If you go onto this place and do this special thing, then you will get free Pokemon. And it's like, awesome. Oh, yeah. Like um, GameStop is still one of the bastions for like, Come in this day and you'll get a thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so it's kind of like, well, I could, I, I, it's that moral dilemma of I could play the game the way it's supposed to be played, or I could just use all these level 50 legendary Pokemon that I'm getting for free and just decimate the entire game from, from day one. <laughs> You're like, well, this is a nice starter Pokemon and all, but I have uh, a Ho-Oh and like all the uh, the magical cats from gold and silver so uh, whatevs <laughs> exactly exactly all right so um as far as news goes marvel is doing all sorts of stuff they were talking about wolverine 3 has a possible villain casting announcement uh boyd holbrook from narcos do you know this show at all i do not I I am unfamiliar with Narcos. I'd be interested in, once they announce who he's playing. Uh, but right now he is a mystery villain, which I mean, yeah. granted is a is a solid villain choice. But uh, yeah, I'm unfamiliar with the actor. Yeah. Now, do you know anything about Old Man Logan? Because apparently that is what Wolverine Three is going to be based on. I I never actually read Old Man Logan, but I do have I am fairly familiar with the story just because it's like part of pop culture, and it's uh, in the distant or not so distant future when Wolverine finally gets to the point where he's aging visibly, mm-hmm. and just the world at that point is uh, kind of messed up in ways where you kind of assume the Marvel universe is going like there's little half Hulk babies running around and uh, things like that. Wolverine has his gray hair and he's just kind of an old crotchety man, which is what he's been leading up to for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And the um, like the big conflict in old man Logan is uh, somebody from his past is coming back, uh, especially somebody from the Weapon X program and his past uh, comes back and confronts him. And I think it's Phantom X, if I remember okay. correctly. Uh, mm-hmm. Or it, it don't definitely don't quote me on this. Uh, this is all based loosely on what I remember from a while ago. But uh, so Wolverine has to be kind of the um, I want to say Gran Torino style of. Um, movie hero where he's just mm-hmm. an old guy that is cool at punching things. Yeah, he's old and grizzled and angry and basically Wolverine with grayer hair. Yeah, it's, he's Wolverine. <laughs> he hasn't changed that much. He's just kind of older and I think he'll probably grunt and groan a little bit more, which is which would mm-hmm. be impressive. But that's why we love him. Yeah, they're theorizing that uh, he's going to be uh, maybe Henry P- Peter Gyrick or Graydon Creed, which is Mystique and Sabretooth's uh, kid. Yeah, could be. Yeah, because it doesn't look like, you know, they're not kind of setting him up, it doesn't look like, to be a, a big superpower 
character. Hmm. I, and I can see that, especially for old man Logan. I, I feel like if they just threw, like, a big, bad, super powerful guy at Wolverine, like, it would just be exactly what we've gotten so far. So, like, a more psychological villain from Wolverine's past, I think, would be a, a more interesting character study. Well, it makes more sense because, you know, what's more threatening than, you know, he can, he can go up against stuff that hits and punches and kicks and all that fun stuff. It's the, you know, if he has less control over directly confronting a villain, that would make it a lot more interesting. Yeah, and Wolverine certainly can't take a beating physically. Let's find out emotionally. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, we also saw that Cloak and Dagger is going to be coming to uh, the small screen, but not on Netflix. Yeah, it's coming to what was once ABC Family, which I now, I guess, is a bastion of uh, super media for 13 and 14-year-olds, or teenagers is what they were claiming. One of the things I read said the demographic was something like 14 to 35. Oh, well... So I've I've aged out of it, but I'm probably still 14 to 34. I, I'm smack dab in the middle. I'm excited. Yeah. So th- th- this is this is your jam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's an interesting cutoff point. I don't. They're like ah, 35 year olds though. They'll hate it. <laughs> it really is. It's kind of ridiculous. It's like, who comes up with these? Hold on. I'm going to ask. <laughs> my my husband is in marketing, <laughs> sweetie. Why would the cutoff? What would the? Why would the age range be from fourteen to thirty-four? Isn't that a strange demographic range for, for a TV show? No, that's about the the lower half of the most valuable demographic range. The typical valuable demographic range for television shows is eighteen to forty-nine. That's what's considered the most valuable customers. So that's roughly the lower half of that age range. So. It's probably an acknowledgement that maybe somewhat older consumers wouldn't be interested in whatever it is you're talking about. Okay. Well, there you go. So they're basically saying that the older people <laughs> won't care so much for this. But, uh, you know, the, the, the 14 to the... The only viewers, he says, that matter to advertisers are from 18 to 49. Yeah, because they, their tastes are still in flux, especially early. Uh, and that's when the advertisers want to get them. Exactly. Exactly. I think anything past, uh, you said 49 and you're kind of set in your ways. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, I'm just turned 38 and I'm kind of getting there. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm good. I'm becoming old man Logan <laughs> from being crotchety. <laughs> old man epic rays. <laughs> That'd be a fun spinoff. Yeah, where we just we just complain about them young and uh, this cloak and dagger. <laughs> I was set up to like it, but it uh, it was too young for me. These these geeks and their their uh, fancy Pokemons. Yeah, back in my day, we had Squirtle and we liked it. <laughs> Everybody chose Charmander, Squirtle. Ain't nobody chose Bulbasaur, and that was the way it was. <laughs> I love Bulbazar. I think he was always my starter Pokemon. There you go. Uh, there is a, a Reddit for, uh, I think it's our Pokemon raps, where people do written Pokemon raps. And I actually did one, my one that I did about uh, how Bulbasaur always felt left out. 
Oh, poor Bulbasaur. Yeah. So if, if you're looking for even more Pokemon stuff, check it out. It's a it's a fun community. That sounds cool. That's a, I I really like the Pokemon community. They seem to be very inclusive and very on the on the lighter side of the geek spectrum <laughs> than than some places you can go on the interwebs. Oh yeah. Uh, I think the only time when you run into like people that are really salty is in semi high level competitive play. But other than that, people are just like, I love Pokemon. Let me tell you how much I love Pokemon. Oh, you love Pokemon? Tell me what Pokemon you love. <laughs> uh which is funny because that's literally characters in the game. Like, yeah, everybody's just like hey, you've got a Pokemon? I've got a Pokemon. Let's fight. That was fun. <laughs> They're dressed up as Pikachu's They're like, let's do this and they have like canopies. <laughs> yeah, I remember in college I would uh Towards my senior year, you know, I was a I was a theater major, and where well, people will always say, "Oh, that's an easy major." It's not because most of your classes are two units instead of four, so you end up taking twice as many classes. Yeah. But the professors don't realize that they're two unit classes, so it's just as much work. Um, so by my senior year, I was just exhausted, and so there were a lot of skipped classes, especially for the ones because eventually you get to a point where you can't take any more theater classes; you have to take more of the general ed stuff because you've you've maxed out on your electives and um and so I would I would just kind of not go to class once in a while and my roommate would come home and I'd be sitting with my friend watching Pokemon and he's like you 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 skipped class to to watch Pokemon I'm like uh no I uh I skipped <laughs> class and Pokemon happened to be on uh so my friend and I that would would frequently uh watch Pokemon instead of going to class decided that we were going to go see the very first Pokemon movie. Oh, I remember that. And we walk out of the theater going, okay, so basically we said fighting Pokemon is bad because they're all you know, living creatures and we shouldn't do this. And then an executive somewhere said, wait a minute, that will end our franchise. So we'll just wipe everybody's memory so that they don't remember and we can continue to fight Pokemon. Yeah, Ash is like, I finally realized that making animals fight each other is raw. Oh, wait, something shiny. Ooh, what's that over <laughs> there? I want to fight it. <laughs> Oh, Pokemon. Yeah, Mewtwo had this big grand speech about how a life is sacred and living things should have their own uh, road that they choose. And then they're like, oh, wait a sec. <laughs> I choose you. Oop. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun time. Yeah, Pokemon is an interesting franchise, but it, it really is. It's, it's hard not to love it. Uh, I don't know how we went from Cloak and Dagger to Pokemon, but there you go. I don't know, but I, I am excited about Cloak and Dagger, uh, which kind of fits into the... Um, it, oddly enough, it fits really well into the Netflix uh, series of Marvel videos that, they are, that they're making. Because uh, Cloak and Dagger are another just random New York superhero duo. Yeah, well, and I'm I'm kind of surprised that they're not going the Netflix route because Cloak and Dagger's not a lighthearted comic book. No, at all. they got their drug, they got their powers from drug overdoses, and it kind of yeah. just went downhill from there. <laughs> a lot of people have talked about how they're great in other people's comics, but they're just depressing in their own. Uh, just a little rundown. Uh, Cloak and Dagger have like a very symbiotic relationship. Uh, Dagger creates light energy daggers that she can use to um, inflict varying levels of damage. Uh, also heal people, I guess. 
Uh, but she needs a way to remove a lot of that excess energy or she will die by blowing up, I believe, or just straight up die. Uh, Cloak needs he has like he became a void person that has a dark void of he's basically a dark hole under a bed sheet at this point yeah he really and is. he he's he constantly needs things energy to to satiate that uh black hole that he has become a part of and he can use it to do stuff like teleport and become incorporeal things like that uh so cloak releases that excess energy that she needs to in order to continue to live into or dagger releases it into cloak and that's kind of how um how they work as a team dynamic and doesn't that keep uh cloak from like falling into complete despair yeah yeah it definitely it helps with that as well as making sure that his stomach doesn't eat anything yeah. It should, yeah. No, I mean they're they're very cool character designs. Like I remember when I first was introduced to him back in the eighties, I was like, Cloak is a very cool character as far as you know his look and his style and everything. So visually, it should be very very awesome to see. I'll be very curious to see how they do that on on TV. But um, but yeah, they're they're dark and gritty characters. So making them kind of ABC Family, <laughs> it's a little <laughs> a little a little dubious about that. Yeah. We're, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be interested to see how they handle them uh, getting their powers. Right. Well, and, you know, Dagger's costume is basically a white bodysuit with a giant dagger shape cut down her entire front of her body. Yeah. Something tells basically me to that, the navel. Yeah. And so something tells me that's going to be um, modified a bit for this TV series. I think they might rethink that costume choice a bit. <laughs> Uh, not only because it, it is a, a tad bit risque, but also I just don't think it works with physics. No, <laughs> it is not a unless they want to go the the green uh, lantern route and completely CGI her her costume, which for TV would be very expensive. I, I'm thinking they're going to have to. I, I'm, I'm guessing white kind of leather jumpsuit is probably what we're going to see for for Dagger. Yeah, that that would make sense. Yeah. Although the CGI suit, which would constantly just be glowing, would make sense for the character. It really would be, and it would be very cool. Yeah, but you know, within the realm of possibility, I think just, yeah, like a white leather something or other. Yeah, I mean, it could be very fun. I mean, they, there's a lot of potential here. I'm just, I'm, I'm dubious about the, the, the arena that we're going to be receiving it in. Because, I mean, these are people that would go exceedingly well with the Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Group. Yeah, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, yeah. What I'm not optimistic about, not even cautiously, is the uh, Gambit movie, because it has been production's been delayed until late 2016. Mm. And who's do you know who is supposed to be playing Gambit? Who they who they have? That... Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's still Channing Tatum, although there was like a week or two where he had quit. <laughs> He's like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. And they're like, oh, come on, gotta gotta get you back in on this. Uh, well, I think that's exactly what it was. It was like he I think he left to because it wasn't going in a direction that he was comfortable with. And then they were like, all right, we'll do what you want to do. And he came back. I think he's trying to kind of do the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool thing on this Gambit movie. And I, I don't think he's having a lot of success. Yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, Deadpool, I think, is the character that you can Ryan Reynolds into making a movie like that. Uh, I don't think a lot of other characters lend themselves as easily to to that style of uh, movie making. No, they really don't. And um, 
it's just been like one thing after another. I don't know how much you followed this at all, but they're constantly articles about this delay or this problem or this mistake or like it's like this point I think Chatting Tatum as Gambit, perfectly fine. I think it's a cool idea. I, I just am worried that they're hitting too many snags. They decided he's not going to throw playing cards. They went back and put in more playing cards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be throwing Hearthstone cards instead. <laughs> Get that uh, cross promotion in there. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how complicated a Gambit movie should be it should be like a heist movie or a spy film or it, like it it shouldn't be that he, he blows stuff up and steals things it's not a hard thing to do yeah, he has a cool accent and he turns potential energy into kinetic energy which is exactly what this movie needs apparently <sighs> um have you were you ever a big gambit fan so uh when i was growing up i most of my experience with the X-Men has been the uh, the cartoon, like the 90s mm-hmm. cartoon. I never really got into the X-Men's comic book run, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, it's just like I got into Marvel. And so I knew of, of the X-Men, but they just never really interested me that much. But um, like Gambit in the cartoon was one of the cool dudes because he was set up to be the cool guy. And I was like, oh, that guy's cool. He has a leather coat mm-hmm. and he makes things blow up. And so he's like one of the reasons I learned kind of how to throw playing cards and in high school. And I don't it, like I think you don't necessarily have to be a fan of the comics, like reading through them to be a fan of the characters, in my opinion. That's Absolutely. just because pop culture has sort of turned comic book characters into our new Greek gods and goddesses, uh, our new pantheon. And so. I don't know. Gambit has always been kind of a cool character that I appreciated, uh, but don't really know super that much about besides the fact that he's an orphan, uh, grew up on the mean streets of New Orleans, and uh, yeah, does cool stuff. Well, it's funny because when they originally put him in there, they were putting him in there to be the bad guy that kind of betrays all the X-Men. And he became too popular too quickly. <laughs> and they were like, well, we can't make him the bad guy because people will be pissed. So um, we'll just make some weird Professor X Magneto amalgam and that'll be the traitor. And it was Professor X the entire time. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that that was the big thing. It was like everybody was like, oh, my God, you know, who's this? Who's going to be? They got a um, like a video transmission from the future, and Jean Grey was like, we'd never thought it would be him. He completely had portrayed us all, and then it cuts out. And so for years, it was this, this big mystery. And then they introduced Bishop, and Bishop's whole thing was hunting Gambit because he thought Gambit was the one who portrayed them. And then... You know, they're like, well, he's too popular now, so we'll make him do something else that's not so not so good. But we'll um, we'll have to figure out something else. We'll have to keep him around. Curse his <laughs> sexy accent. Exactly. <laughs> that's actually that's how a lot of Marvel characters uh, that I just know off the top of my head have come around. Like uh, Punisher was a Spider-Man villain until people were like, huh, that guy was cool. And Ghost Rider was a villain in something. Um, Wolverine came around as a one shot in uh, in the Hulk, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Well, let's keep him around." So uh, it's kind of an interesting organic way that uh, Marvel does characters. 
Yeah, well, and it's, I mean, I understand the, it, it's, I think in many ways it's a good way to kind of gauge your audience and push the things that they're interested in towards the, the front, which a lot of times can just become pandering and, and awful, but I think sometimes it's, it can, it can be used for good, yeah. <laughs> not just for capitalistic evil. I mean, yeah, I mean, ultimately they're, the way that they make money is making stories that people want to read. And so if they're like, oh, people really like this character, let's put them in. Let's get Wolverine yeah. into everything. I do have to say the idea of um, kind of evolving the character and having uh, a female Wolverine now is, is pretty cool. I don't know if you know about that. Well, I, I actually didn't know that much about that. I am behind on modern comics. I do know Thor is a woman now. Uh, I didn't. Well, I mean, they have X twenty three, who was a clone of Wolverine. Is that the female Wolverine in question? Yeah, she when when uh, Wolverine quote unquote died, she took over the Wolverine mantle. Oh, yeah. So she's now Wolverine, which is just kind of. It, I I think they're starting to kind of diversify their cast a little bit, and it's uh it's nice. Oh yeah, you got Falcon as the new Captain America, uh, mm-hmm. female Thor, which I I believe the first couple issues at least of uh, Fem Thor's run. Um, or now it's just Thor, they have sold better than just about any other Thor issues in the past. And so that's there's been a lot of positive feedback for the changes that Marvel has been making, I think. Yeah, and I think the the Hulk is now going to be uh, a Nation American kid. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I'm just I was I just spent a second trying to figure out like how he's gonna be the Hulk and what happened to original Hulk. Yeah, I, I think it's all part of the Secret Wars. Thing I am so behind on on current continuity. I just kind of pick up secondhand from all the different stuff I listen to. So, but I, I think it's cool that they're they're keeping it diversified and and making changes. Yeah, no, I'm I am all for that. I I like the idea of of uh, young comic book fans growing up with people that they can identify with, which can really only be healthy for the medium as a whole. Exactly. Um, well, speaking of franchises that are are doing some cool stuff, Star Wars Rogue One trailer arrived this week, and it is so cool. I it is. So I I first heard about Star Wars Rogue One on April first, and I was like, oh, that's silly. That's that's obviously not a real thing. That's right there with the uh, IGN's Netflix Star Wars series, mm-hmm. and then they released a trailer. And it looks so neat. It's a heist movie in the Star Wars universe, a.k.a. two of the best things ever combined. Now, I've heard some people, I haven't heard what it is they're complaining about, but I've heard people are complaining about it for some reason. Is it the another female star issue? I, did, I saw a little bit of a blurb about that on the... On like a Facebook feed where people are like these are the kind of comments that uh, show that fans are awful, and it was just a bunch of people complaining about that it was another woman that was in the lead here, and I was just like, guys, come on, be cool. You're making us all look bad. <laughs> they really do. They really, really do. It's the first Gamergate now. This like just settle down and let's be cool. I, I didn't mention it on last episode. I edited it out, but I had a uh, person on my Twitter feed. Um, I had I had shared a, a blog post that was basically, I think the title was something along the lines of misogyny prevents women from entering geek culture. And, um, and I got this guy arguing with me and a, a previous guest about how 
you know, oh, that's not true. They, the, the whole thing stems from them not wanting to be outcasts when they're in junior high, so they don't hang out with the nerds. They, they hang out with uh, the popular kids, and that's why there are no geek girls. And I'm like, um, the article's about how people treat women who are geeks, and you obviously are just reacting to the title and... Why are you so awful? <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> yeah, it's I, I think it's a it's a real issue, and it and if it takes Star Wars making more female characters to expose more of it, and it's just being obviously an issue, then uh, so be it. Yeah, just like I mean, yeah, it's just it just makes you want to go. Ugh. Well, there's just. <sighs> There's no cure for stupid. <laughs> it really just comes down to that. It's like you, you want to argue with these people, but eventually you just realize you're being trolled and not in the I'm being funny way, but in the I have a skewed perception of reality way. And it's just frustrating. It's like there's nothing I can say to to change your mind about this, but you're dangerously wrong. Yeah, uh, I I don't know it firsthand, but I'm pretty sure that uh, just women everywhere just have it rough. And, yeah. and which complaining about them showing up in Star Wars isn't helping. No, not at all. And it's it's 2016. It's 2016, people. Like this is there's just no excuse for it. It's ridiculous. Especially because they're portraying this gal as a badass. Yeah, she's amazing. Um. You know, they're kind of like, you're, a, you're, they say something about your, you know, taking unnecessary risks and you're doing this. She's like, I'm rebelling. Isn't that what the rebels are supposed to do? In that vague English accent that some people in Star Wars have for some reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a rebellion. I'm rebelling. And they're like, oh, well, that was a good point. All right, cool. You're in. <laughs> and is it, uh, Mon Matha that's, uh, that's talking with yeah, her? Yeah, that is, that who that's that is Mon Mothma. So how much Mothma. you want to bet that they, they name this Super Ocean's Eleven Star Wars team Bothans? I, my understanding, because I think somebody corrected me on this, I think this is for the first Death Star, and the Bothans died getting the information for the second Death Star. Oh. But I could be wrong, because I was making the Bothans joke, too. I'm like, spoiler alert, many Bothans die. <laughs> and, and people are like, well, actually, and I got, well, actually. So, uh, <laughs> oh, man, it's fun hearing that as a term. I'm like, oh, the other day I got, well, actually, online. It was, uh, it was rough. Because <laughs> that's what my family does when they're trying to make an uh, uh, impression of me. Like, they'll push up glasses that I don't have and say, well, actually. I'm like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. I'm only right most of the time. Probably more than most, but <laughs> you're not trying to brag. No, I'm just stating facts. <laughs> you push up your glasses and say, well, actually, I'm right, I'm right all the most time. Most of the time. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm also excited for Rogue One because Alan Tudyk is in it, and I'm a big fan of him. Yes. He's uh, he's playing a robot. And I I like him when he plays uh, robots, because doesn't he do... Um, didn't he do the guy from iRobot? Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I never actually got around to iRobot. I was like, yeah, let's take a, well, a very interesting uh, sci-fi 
thought experiment about uh, the way robots are treated. Let's throw Will Smith into it and make it an action movie. And I was like, uh. Yeah, we watch it because I do um, Frankenstein second semester with my students, and it's part of a big semester-long project that I do with the other sophomore teachers. And so it, it goes with our, our essential question, and so we show it every year. <laughs> but I believe he plays the robot that comes to life. I think he's the voice actor for that. Yeah, I mean he he does a surprising amount of like voices that you wouldn't expect him to. Like he was King Candy in Wreck It Ralph. Oh wow! Yeah, he he has quite the range. And yeah, ever since Firefly, I've been a, a big fan of him. So uh, he he's one of the uh, like the cast members that they've announced that is exciting. They have Mads Mikkelsen from uh, Hannibal. Is okay. is going to be in there? They have Forrest Whitaker who shows up in the trailer. It's they have like a lot of new people, I think, and then a lot of these these veterans, and they have a solid mix. So I, I'm what? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I'm I'm excited about uh, the concept. I'm excited about a Star Wars movie that doesn't have anything to do with the Skywalkers, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I completely agree. I think I think it's nice that we're finally expanding the the universe out because uh, that story only has. I mean, it's a very cool story and it's a very exciting story, and I can't wait to see the next two movies. But um, I definitely feel like uh, we we have a much bigger universe to explore, so we should. Yeah, especially because yeah. they retroactively took out most of the extended universe. Yeah, which and I totally understand. I mean, I, I can understand if you're somebody who read a lot of. Were you one of the people who read a good majority of the books? I I read a lot of the books growing up. Um, I think one of my favorites didn't have much to do with the continuity. It was uh, Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina, which mm-hmm. was a collection of short stories and vignettes about literally everybody in the Cantina scene. And they did that a couple times. I think they did Tales of the Bounty Hunters, and that was a story, backstory for all the bounty hunters that show up on Darth Vader's ship when he's like, all right, we need these guys. No disintegrations. Um, so uh, I read a lot of the books. I definitely see why they uh, they were like, okay, that's not canon. And also, mm-hmm. I don't think it was that big of a deal because the books are still there. Right, and, but I, I can see where a lot of people were were disappointed because it's like, well, I've I've invested so much time into this universe and now you're telling me that it's not there, but it's still, you know, you still got entertainment value out of it. Yeah. It's, you know, and now you get to see it in kind of a an alternate timeline type of of way. Yeah, we we just got that red dwarf matter and we're going back in time except it's Star Wars, not Star Trek. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Rogue One just the cinematography on it looks fantastic as well and just the size of everything like the size of the death star when the little uh the the death plate is being put in and the ATATs just raining destruction down well yeah and the the walkers doing uh, going through the like the beach landscape it was very very cool i was like well that's because we always kind of associate it with i mean the the hoth scene. oh yeah but to see them splashing through like the surf I'm like that's pretty awesome and we even on the hot scene. I don't think we ever really saw the ATATs from the point of view of like somebody on the ground, yeah, looking up at him, which is what we saw in the trailer. And we were like, "Oh, that's that's terrifying." <laughs> it really oh, is. Oh boy, it really is. I don't know how practical that is. As I mean, as a as a cool sci-fi creature, 
I think it's very cool. <laughs> I don't know what the logistics of that would be. It's a little bit kind of gangly and it's like it seems like that's a lot of legs for <laughs> for what you're trying to accomplish here. Yeah, that and the uh the ATST also known as the Chicken Walker. Uh, especially oh, yeah. when in the prequels the technology uh, seemed to have really been a lot more impressive. Uh, I'd mm-hmm. be surprised if the Empire had been like, yeah, we have we have plans for this sort of hover armored transport, and like the Emperor was like, no, it needs to walk. <laughs> legs, lots of legs. Give it legs! <laughs> like, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, are we going to do it, dude? Well, I don't want to be forced joked. No, I guess we're giving it legs. Scrap the, scrap the hover stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the, the guy in charge of hovercraft technology, like, oh, <laughs> you, you get out of here, hover guy. <laughs> oh, go join the rebels. What? What? Nothing. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I just didn't feel appreciated. <laughs> He's sitting in a rebel interview. <laughs> so you're coming to us from the empire, uh huh? Uh, why are you leaving? Well, I just didn't feel like my work was being fully understood and and fully utilized. It's like, uh, y'all, they had me design with those hover bikes, and they're like, all right, well, that's good enough. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> and Eli's like, we'll take whatever we can get. Here's a gun. <laughs> but I, I wanted to design no here, gun. We don't need any hover stuff either. Get out of the front <laughs> <laughs> Do you see us building things? No. We have X-Wings, and we basically have spacecrafts and people on the ground. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh. uh, we need to need a, like a fan fiction about you know hovercraft guy that you know is just trying to make his w- way through you know I just want to build hovercraft I just I just need some credits to send home <laughs> <sighs> like he just leaves the Death Star right before it blows up is like oh boy <laughs> I have a new lease on life I'm gonna make so many things float <laughs> and then he just never does. Uh, we need to hang out more. I think so. I think this has been a long time coming. <laughs> and I actually, yeah. I do remember something that I, that was in the news this week that I thought was uh, very, very odd that I forgot to put on here. But uh, apparently DC and uh, Warner Brothers are doing a bunch of reshoots on Suicide Squad. Oh really? Yeah, they are. They're starting to do a lot of reshoots because Batman vs Superman, which I still have yet to see, but I just have heard um, not great things about. Like they're trying to avoid it being as uh, re- received as uh, Batman Superman was, especially with how serious apparently it is. Well, I, I'd have to say, I mean, I, this is not a spoiler in any way, shape, or form. But a big reason why I didn't like the movie was because it was an art film in a lot of ways. It was, there's was a lot of these kind of dream sequency flashbacks and, it, and the subtitles seemed... really kind of threw it. <laughs> Everybody was speaking French. It was in black and white. <laughs> this character that was spoke smoking for no reason. Uh, but yeah, it was just kind of like it, it, it slowed down the plot. And I'm not one to just have, you know, oh, I just want to see people beating each other up. You know, I, yeah, I want story. I want I want it to be good. But it was kind of like, all right, 
I'm losing the plot here. Is this a flashback? Is this taking place now? If it is a flashback, what is it accomplishing? And so, you know, good for them if that's what they're trying to fix. Now, if they're just trying to go back and make it more rated R because, hey, it worked for Deadpool, then I'm not thrilled with the idea. Yeah. I don't know exactly what they are reshooting, but I think it is to add a little bit of levity to it. No, okay. I don't know if it is uh, like trying to make it a comedy like Deadpool, which uh, initially, based on especially the most recent trailer, which was set to um, Bohemian Rhapsody, it looked like mm-hmm. they were kind of aiming for it's going to be uh, a fun movie about bad people doing good things. And right. honestly, I'd be okay with that. That's kind of like the style of movie that uh, has been a little bit persuasive lately. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Deadpool uh, has kind of set the precedent for that. But uh, Suicide Squad has always been the dysfunctional group of varying degree of villains doing good guy stuff in their own way. And there is something about that, especially in the comics, that has always been uh, kind of entertaining from a just kind of an absurd point. Yeah. My big my big concern with Suicide Squad is that we have seen, and maybe this is going to be fixed by the reshoot, but that we've seen all the good stuff. You know how sometimes the trailers will just put in the good stuff? Oh, yeah. And like, you get to the movie and you're like, okay, so I saw the best parts of this movie in the trailer. Um, I hope that's not the case, but, you know, with, I mean, it's a huge cast. There's what, like eight different bad guys that were following on this one yeah something like that maybe even more i don't know how much the uh the new joker is going to be a protagonist or antagonist in the movie but uh besides him we have just a very large ensemble cast of various villains that are notorious or not so much to uh non-comic readers like you have deadshot um king croc i think or killer croc is in there which mm-hmm. yeah, just uh, there's a there's a bunch. I'm not going to list them off. I think Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn's going to steal the show. Oh, yeah. I think she's going to be the the if if there is something if, if it's not a good show, she's going to be what we kind of hold on to throughout to get us through it, because um, even just what we've seen on the um, on the previews, she's phenomenal. Yeah, no, she she is definitely getting into the role uh, that and I I'm definitely giving Will Smith the the benefit of the haven't seen it yet because I think he's probably going to be a pretty solid dead shot. Yeah, I think Will Smith's biggest problem is that he hasn't made good choices lately. Not as far as I mean, I think when he's in stuff, he's good. I just don't think he's been in great stuff lately. Uh, I, I guess I haven't seen too many movies with him lately. I think the last one I've seen was Hancock, which was very interesting if it knew what it wanted to do. Yeah, it had issues, but it was it was a fun romp. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I'm definitely giving Will Smith the um, the I'll wait to judge until I see it on this one. Yeah, definitely. But I, I can I usually depend on him to give a good performance, whether like you said, like he's good when he's in stuff. I believe we have somebody who is going to join oh, us, a new guest, and we are going to add somebody real quick. Actually, a whole lot of somebodies, if this goes through. <laughs> the gang's all here. Okay. Hello. Oh, wait. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Loud and clear. Um, joining us is the entire cast of the WEC podcast. How are you doing, guys? Hi. Hi. We're 
doing good, Joe. How are you? Pretty good. Um, I'm here with uh, Josh Juice Jones. Howdy, howdy. Who's been, yeah, he's been talking to me for the last hour or so. And uh, thank you so much for hopping in and saying hi. Yeah, thanks for having us and inviting us. Yeah, always good to talk to you. We Absolutely. We're recording today, so it works yeah. out. So that means you're getting a call from Wex Studios. That's right. Kelly's, Kelly's pad. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, Weck has a couple of uh, fun things going on right now. You guys want to tell us about it a little bit? Sure. We have um, our newest uh, podcast series is called Growing Up 72. Episodes are up so far, The Love Boat and Hardy Boys. And then on Monday, our Turtle Burnett Show episode goes up. Um, followed by Emergency and the Rockford Files and Wonder Woman. <laughs> Basically, it's just a show where Kelly and I kind of geek out on 70s TV, and uh, we've made some personal discoveries uh, with it, so it's been very valuable. And you get to hear what our mothers think of the different shows, which has been quite popular for other people to hear. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm really looking forward to the Carol Burnett one. I am a huge Carol Burnett fan. Yeah. Um, we read her book as part of, or I read the book as part of it. And so there's all these little background stories in there. It's quite, quite fun. It's such a great show. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's surprising which shows hold up and which ones don't. Yes. For instance, Rockford Files oh holds up. It's such a good show. My husband and I now watch that every night. <laughs> On the other hand, spoilers, Party Boys, not so much. <laughs> oh, say it ain't so. <laughs> Such a cheap show. Oh, so bad. It wasn't that the stars were bad. It was with the editing and the quality of everything was and just the writing. Or the stars themselves, phenomenal. Well, just that little thing with John Cassidy. Yeah, but... <laughs> Not that the acting was bad. It was literally everything else. <laughs> And I do have to say, as part of my, and I didn't, I didn't mention this in what I'd done this week that was geeky, but um, I did have a little bit of time to watch uh, some Doctor Who. Ooh. And, yeah, and I got through Aliens uh, in London and whatever the the second part of that was. And I was like, okay, this is fine. And I was watching it while I was doing other things and playing video games and that kind of stuff. And I had it on my second monitor. And then uh, the episode with the Daleks came up. Ooh, which I one? Seen that one yet. Wait the, the, the the very first one. The oh, the one titled Dalek. Right. Um, is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, and uh, and I was kind of like again half listening to it, and about halfway through, I was like, you know what? I should be giving this my full attention, so I'm just going to save this for later. So I think that hook has finally gotten in there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. How many episodes yes. did it take? What was that? How many episodes did it take, Joe? Um, six, which is, I think, what most people have told me. <laughs> yeah, I was told nine, but uh, I guess it's around six. So, yeah, same thing. And, and honestly, once uh, you get to the NC child, which is when Barryman comes in, that's when we were like, "Oh, this is oh, this was good lines. Yeah, we like this." <laughs> yeah, it's like the last what five? Yeah, yeah. Last five are are really really good. So actually, this is a good opportunity to mention what we're doing. Uh, for Wet Hoovians, uh, we're going to post the rest of season one or series one, and then we're taking a little bit of a break until mid-May. 
And then we're going to start series two, which is where David Tennant starts. So. Oh, the first guy only did one season? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, Chris Rackleston, uh had problems with yeah. per- the producers. Really? Yeah. And, and there's just the overall way of, of filming. And I'd say spoilers, but it's been 10 years. <laughs> yeah. but, like, Christopher Eccleston, you never see him at conventions for Doctor Who. Really? It's, it's, it's almost like he wants to scrub that from his resume. And as he said, like, later in the I think with the 15th anniversary, they have, like, all the doctors who were still alive kind of came through and stuff. Eccleston issues, like, old footage. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, that's so disappointing when that happens. And I understand if you're an actor and you've had a bad experience, you don't necessarily want to keep going back to it. You know, us as fans, we were spoiled and we're like, well, why are you being so, you know, obstinate? But at the same time, I understand if that's your your issue. Well, the the, the thing about Christopher Eccleston is he was accused of making this move because he didn't want to be typecast. And mm-hmm. and he denied that. He said it, it had nothing to do with typecasting. It had nothing to do with anything other than he didn't like the way he didn't like essentially working on that show, and he he, he refuses to talk about the specifics. And, and by the way, Kim Wendell Moffat, because Moffat was a writer at this time, but he wasn't the showrunner. Right. <laughs> Stephen Moffat was mm-hmm. not the showrunner. Uh, Russell T Davies was the showrunner, but as far as I know, I don't think it was a personal thing with him either. I know we're getting really deep into uh, behind the scenes of Doctor Who. And for anybody who's listening who doesn't know Doctor Who, I apologize. Um, I tried to get my sister to watch Doctor Who, and she says, you're going to hate what I'm about to say. And, and I said, no, I'm not. And she's like, yeah, you are. And I'm like, what, what is it? And she's like, I hate Doctor Who. <laughs> I have no sister. <laughs> Right, exactly. No, it's like if you don't like it, that's fine. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't have any problem with anybody who doesn't like it. But you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to do Wakubian was to was to encourage people to try the show, and that you know, and what better way to do that than to watch the show and then have Kelly and I kind of ripping the show and talking about things that we love and. And, uh, and so you have like a, a like two companions in a way uh, <laughs> to, uh, to kind of guide you through the show. So that's that's why I started it. That being said, just so you know, this is Kelly. If I had the chance, I would drop everything and be a companion. Like you wouldn't believe. You'd be an expert. <laughs> if the first show that tomorrow, I would be there. today. I would be in there. <laughs> yes. Keep that on me. <laughs> Well, hey, that's the piece of time travel. You can drop everything right now and come back in like two minutes. Excellent point. <laughs> Although the way he drives it, uh, I, you know, not necessarily the uh, the most surefire thing. No. Well, that's that's the episode I just watched. Was uh, one of the episodes I just watched was where she she comes uh, Rose comes back and they're like, oh, it's been. Um, it's been 12 hours, and it's actually been 12 months. That's <laughs> and her right. mom's just oh. pissed. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And and Mickey's cool. like, oh, where have you been, pseudo-girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we really bag on Mickey. No, 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 no. 
I bag on Mickey for I think for a good reason. He's like so annoying at times, but I have to say he does redeem himself in big time. I think. He definitely does. He becomes a lot cooler down the line. But at the same time, Mickey reacts to this whole time-traveling shenanigans the way that people should act. Yeah, I agree. That was my impression of Mickey. Because uh, I'm new to, this is Katie, I'm new to the whole Whovians thing. Too. I'm just watching because Kelly and Kevin are doing this. And uh, and I'm, I was like, you know, Mickey is me through these in terms of my reaction. So I totally agree with that. Oh, you guys have a fun ride ahead of you. <laughs> I'm a little jealous. Yes. <laughs> well, the, your your goal of your goal of uh, introducing it to new people, I think it sounds like is uh, is going well because you got me, you got Katie. So Joe and I are all the count, really. Right, really. Technically, we got my parents too. They had no choice to make them watch it. Now, the saddest thing that I've heard recently is uh, of. An associate of mine was going to start getting into Doctor Who, but he wanted to skip Eccleston and just go straight to Tenet. And I was like, no, you have to, no, do the thing, do the whole thing. Yeah, I, I would agree. Although there are, I, there, I have a, I, this is what I say. I think if you, if you really want to just kind of speed it up, only like start with Matt Smith's run, and that'll give you a shorter time to catch up if you want to watch the show when it resumes, but right now I don't think you have any excuse, you know, because Dr. Who isn't going to start up the next season until next year, 2017. And, and so we have a long time without Dr. Who. Holiday's still going to be the new Dr. Yes. Who. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This last one, because uh, this could be Stephen Moffat's last series. Season. And so they didn't want to change both the Doctor Who and the showrunner. Do you think, like, for me, obviously, I can tell, like, especially from, I think it was the first or second episode with the plastic hands that grabbed her throat. I think it was that episode. That was the first episode. That yeah, was the very first episode. And I was dying laughing. I was like, that is seriously a person holding a plastic hand to their throat. Um, <laughs> but in some ways, when going through the torture of these first kind of episodes as they got their footing, in a way, I think, is prepping me for appreciating as they're right. getting better and better. So, And also, with these first ones, what I found going back and watching them is Capaldi, my favorite is, Do- is Tennant by, like, a long shot. He's my favorite doctor. But what's interesting is you can appreciate Capaldi more by watching Eccleston. I can see, I don't know if he's, I'm sure he did this because he's a big Doctor Who fan, but he's a part of Eccleston's mannerisms and almost personality and is reflected in Really? I can see that a lot. Yeah, a lot oh, of I, I definitely agree. Every once in a while, his nine will show. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, the alien part of it, where it's like Eccleston really emphasizes the him being an alien. Capaldi does the same thing. Oh, okay. Cool. So I think if I think because now there's no Doctor Who, I really don't think there's any excuse to start midway, um, because you have a lot of time now, and why not just start with the episode rose, episode one, uh, because you're going to get the full experience. But if you're if you want to start midway, then I would recommend uh, the Matt Smith episode, the eleventh hour. Kelly is shaking her head, being in the Another success. And the best thing about this is also how Capaldi's taken some of Eccleston. You can see with 
mathematics over what he keeps and what he changes. Because those two doctors, the tenant and the and the Smith doctors, are, there's a lot of similarities. What so happened? We, what happened? Well, never mind. This is probably this is probably going on longer than we think. Yeah. So, what is your topic <laughs> today, by the way? Does it have anything at all to do with Doctor Who? <laughs> it does. No, now. actually, it does now. Exactly. No, really. As as I was explaining to Juice, it's um, I, I had a cancellation last night. And so I was like, this is a good opportunity to see if I can grab some previous guests and just find out what's going on with them. And so we've just been we've just been geeking out about silly stuff. Like we were talking about um, the Rogue One preview. Did you guys watch that? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys so we were we were talking a little bit about that, and um, uh, you know, just you Marvel stuff. Did you guys see the um, – there's a YouTuber. My son was all excited. He wanted me to watch it. I haven't watched it yet, so I'm curious. But you know part of the Rogue One trailer where they have that sound effect that goes on for probably yeah, a long time? Yeah, some. Yeah. So I guess there's a YouTuber called The Black Nerd, and um, he reviewed – he reviewed – he's very, very funny. Highly recommend him. But he reviewed this trailer, and my my son said, is this hysterical? It's hysterical because he goes into that sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Imperial Klaxon, I think. Is what it was. The, the Imperial Klaxon, yes. Is that what that was? Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> kind of sounds like a really sad elephant being run through auto tune. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I guess that's going to be a very entertaining episode. You have a very funny guest. <laughs> you know, I, I was listening. I was listening. I was watching that with headphones, and I turned it all the way up. And when that klaxon started, I went, "Holy crap!" <laughs> <laughs> it was blowing my ears out. Yeah, it is a little bit of a grating, interesting sound. Yeah. Uh, I'm I, excited. I, I'm familiar with this. But... Oh, and then the woman. They got an actress who looks exactly like that woman. Mon Moss. Mon Moss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. And I found out that she was actually hired to, uh, I, I think she was hired to play the same character for Revenge of the Sith. Oh. But I think she was cut out. How weird. I, I just read that today. <laughs> so. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do with that character. I think it'll be fun to explore her a bit. So they were like, "Well, we have Mon Mothma. We haven't used her yet. Let's let's get her in here." <laughs> the other thing everybody was talking about is, "Ooh, a Star Wars movie without Jedi." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they, when we were at D23, um, they posted a picture of Rogue One, and um, everybody kind of went crazy. And they said, "They said this is not." what you're thinking. This is, you know, kind of the more gritty, you know, people seen on the ground kind of movie. And we're really super excited. So. Now, maybe you guys will know because we we couldn't remember. Um, we were making the many Bothans died joke. Um, but I've been told that that was the second Death Star, not the first Death Star. Do you, can you guys <laughs> confirm or deny? That is the second Death Star. The many Bothans died was in return, in return of the Jedi. Yeah, see, I was I'm, that that bums me out because I was like, spoiler alert, many Bothans die, and um, yeah, now now that joke's just yeah, not I want to see that. <laughs> Forget about Rogue One. I want to see Rogue Two with the uh, the crack team of Bothans, which are those I believe they're the giant Yeti looking ones. Oh, is that what they are? Yeah, let, let me see. I'm pretty sure they like one of them showed up in the cantina, uh, but it. it let me just pull up a thing, make sure I'm not just making it up. 
Uh, yeah, they they look like uh, hairy werewolfy kind of things. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, they're the like wolf type creature things. Yeah, I want to see uh, the Ocean's Eleven of Rogue One, but comprised only of these guys. I would love to see a Boston's only Star Wars movie. <laughs> the only human in it is when they hand the information to Mon Mothma and then just die on the spot. Right, right. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, all jokes aside, that would be a very interesting take on a movie. You know, going into a movie knowing that the majority of your characters are probably going to die, it would be a very interesting – it would take some very good storytelling to not make it cliché. Well, kind of like Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <Always> Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> So the plans for the second Death Star, which are inexplicably different from the first one, are on a cruise ship. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Rogue Two is actually going to be about Gary the Stormtrooper on the Death Star. (laughs) If you know anything about Gary the Stormtrooper, that's Robot Chicken. (laughs) I love Robot Chicken. They haven't made any new episodes in a very long time, have they? Oh, did they just start? Yeah, like a week or two ago. What do they air on? It's on Cartoon Network. Yeah. And they're 15 minutes long for the most part. Except for when they do the Star Star Wars specials. And they're longer. <laughs> or the Super Friends specials. Which are long. The Super Friends is awesome. The CG <laughs> stuff. Wow. Uh, I love I love Robot Chicken. That's one of those things that I'll I'll throw on while I'm waiting for my husband to get home for dinner or something, and he'll walk in and just kind of shake his head. I'm like, what? It's funny. Like, oh, geeky husband of mine. <laughs> because it pays off your knowledge of geek stuff. Exactly. The funniest, my favorite robot chicken, like characters. Number one is when they did the She-Ra, the She-Ra one. Yes. That one. And then the other one is when they do bitch pudding. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you guys so much for hopping in. I so appreciate it. Um, I was really looking forward to, A, telling you guys that I was watching uh, Doctor Who. And, uh, <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. And I'm, I'm excited now for two things. One, that um, Doctor Who's not going to start for a while, so I have time to catch up. And two, you guys are going to take a break so that I can catch up to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you've never seen you've never seen the cast of the WEC podcast and the cast of Doctor Who in the same room. Ooh. Thank you guys for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. Anytime you guys want to come in and give us an update, uh, please let us know because uh, yeah, you guys really, really helped me out today. Uh, all right, have a great day, guys. Any, anytime, guys. All right, bye. 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 Well, that was fun. Yeah, they're a fun group of people. We, I, I absolutely adore them. Uh, we got to do uh, a live episode a couple weeks ago where they. Um, we all got together and just in front of one big mic, just got to to hang out and and talk about our podcasting experiences and 
It was a lot of fun. It was a, they're very cool people. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it, especially if some of them are Hoovians. Boom in. Yeah, no, they're and they're they're a very good mix of of geek knowledge. So you know, I knew that Kevin would have some uh, Star Wars knowledge, but if you want uh, the Hoovians, you go to to Kelly, and um, there's just they've. They've got a lot of stuff that they bring to the table, so they're always fun to listen to. So check out the WEK podcast. And uh, is that W-E-K-K? Yes. Um, it's Canadian for really neato. Oh. <laughs> they're not Canadian. They just like the word. Hey, it's a solid word choice. It is a solid word choice. And it's they, they don't just talk about geeky things, but they do talk about interesting things from a geeky perspective. Right now they've got... Um, Four episode rotation of I think they do a health and nutrition one. They do a travel one. They do a podcast one where they talk about the podcasts they're listening to, and then one they call chatter, which is just kind of whatever topic they feel like exploring that week. And they kind of rotate through the four each month. Oh, that's that's a that's a cool setup. Yeah, yeah. They're they're just they're they're a lot of fun. They're very funny. They're all different personalities. So it's, I'm, I'm one of the, one of the happiest things that I have gotten out of podcasting is, is meeting people like you and them. And, uh, when we get to the shout outs, I will be shouting out to quite a few people because I did have a lot of, um, a lot of people regretfully not be able to come on today, but, but still say very nice things at the same time. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, we have been talking for quite a while, so we should probably kind of start wrapping it up. Uh, do you have any shout-outs for people out there? Any Anything that you'd like to say to the world? Uh, big shout-out to uh, the the listeners of HearthCore, uh, just people that are playing Hearthstone in general. Uh, I think there's now like four million of you, so <laughs> good, on, good on you, Blizzard. Uh, shout-out for you having me on. Oh, thank yeah. you. This was definitely a fun time. Uh, it definitely doesn't feel like it's been an hour and some No, change. it really doesn't. It really doesn't at all. It, it, went, it went very quickly, and, uh, and yeah, it, like I said, we need to we need to hang out more. I think so. It's, it's fun. Um, I'm going to send a shout out to all the people who who responded to my my 911 last night because it was late. It was really late when I sent this out, and uh, you were the first one to jump right on in. But um, uh, I know that the gentlemen from the Average Geek Show both had things going on, but they they sent their well wishes. So thank you to them. And then um, Kelly Hightower. Um, was working today, so she had a. Uh, she was not going to be able to hop on. And uh, L from the Nerd Out app is. I'm actually hoping to run into her at Poke Oasis next week and see if we can find out what's going on with her. Have Have you heard of the Nerd Out app? I have actually. Yes, I um I listened to that episode that she was on before, and so I I've been keeping up with it. Yeah, and she's she's just constantly adding stuff. Um, Chris Case from the the Game Case Show is at a convention. I want to say, is it PAX East this weekend? Oh, that's a good question. He's at a big gamer convention on the East Coast somewhere, so I know that's what he's doing. And then, of course, I did not want to go and end this uh, episode without saying congratulations to Kenny Rotter from Dumbbells and Dragons, who got married yesterday. 
and yet he couldn't make it onto the podcast today. I know. <laughs> I know the nerve of some people. <laughs> but uh, congratulations, Kenny. Uh, I'm, I wish you many, many years of happiness. Big round of applause. Next week, we will be um, podcasting directly from Poke Oasis. Um, I'm going to try and figure out Periscope. It will be um, Geektitude, however you however you follow me. That's the account name. It's on Geektitude. And, um, and we will be casting pretty much from, I think, 12 to whenever it closes, whenever they kick us out. <laughs> and uh, again, that's going to be in Riverside at Fairmont Park. Uh, it's free to attend, so free free admission, free parking. Um, it's in celebration of the 20th anniversary of Pokemon. Uh, bring your game devices, bring your costumes, and we'll do a bunch of co- cosplaying and bring a, card playing. Bring a baseball cap, so when you're getting ready to do a Pokemon battle, you could turn it backwards, and that'll that's how people will know that you're serious. Oh my god, I'm totally going to do that. And every time I'm getting ready to uh, interview somebody, I'll turn the turn the hat around. And when you right. see the person you want to interview, are you going to say, I choose you? <laughs> I, I think I will. I'll give you credit, though. I'll definitely give you credit. That's all I ask. <laughs> um, so that's happening next week. And on um, Thursday this week, if you are available, I will be on the third chair for I Remembered It Better with uh, Cliff Haddock and uh, Ryan Allgood, and we'll be talking about geeky things. And it's a it's an 80s and 90s geek nostalgia podcast, and uh, I believe they still stream it live on Twitch. So that's 6 p.m. on uh, Thursday, Pacific Daylight Time, and it'll be obviously 9 if you're on the East Coast. And I will get that information out to everybody and how you can follow them. And you'll see, you'll see me in person because it's a video podcast. Ooh. So Dangerous yeah. territory. I know. I'll have to get a haircut. You have to wear a shirt. I know. Yeah. But only a shirt because, you yeah. know, it's just from the list up. So. <laughs> as long as you don't stand up, you're golden. <laughs> no pants necessary. <laughs> how about you? What's, what's going on for you this week? Anything exciting? Oh, just uh, just climbing the old ladder, keeping an eye on what's going on in the game of Hearthstone. Uh, just trying to figure out what the next cocktail is going to be. It's just a it's just a juggling act. We're kind of in a holding pattern until Whispers of the Old Gods comes out. So nothing too crazy going on. I hopefully I end up on Nerdist this Friday as part of their. It's actually. I don't. I'm not the best at uh, figuring out the differences, but it's either Nerdist or Geek and Sundry. There's a, a Friday night thing that they do called uh, Gather Your Party, and uh, mm-hmm. hopefully I will be joining them this Friday. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, let us know and we'll we'll tweet it out to our peeps. Sounds good. Yeah, we do. Uh, I did it last Friday, and uh, they do like board games and play rock band and whatnot. So it's, it was a fun time. So hopefully I can keep keep that ball rolling. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com, as well as iTunes and Stitcher, as well as Google Play if that's running podcasts yet. I'm not sure that it is, but we'll be there when it does. Please leave us a review. Spread the word. Tell people about us. If you would like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. 
You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grace. And uh, Juice, how do we find you? Well, if you're looking for some Hearthstone... Actually, we came to the consensus, me and my roommate, that Hearthcore is an entertainment podcast that occasionally mentions Hearthstone. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, and so that is uh, Hearthcore on iTunes or Stitcher. The um, You can email the show, Hearthcore at podcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at HearthcoreCast. And uh, we have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Hearthcore Podcast. And if you're looking to get more of me, uh, Hearthstone aside... Uh, my Twitter handle is at the underscore juice underscore Jones. Very cool. And definitely, if you are at all interested in Hearthstone, um, Hearthcore is a really great place to to kind of get your knowledge started, um, <laughs> especially if we're going to try and get more people in with this new uh, expansion. I think this is, as you said earlier, a perfect time to jump in. So, it's a, If you enjoyed the freewheeling sort of discussion that we had on this episode, that's pretty much what Hearthcore has become. It's it's just a fun sit-down, we have a drink of the week, and we discuss Hearthstone. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. So check that out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a very unstructured but very fun episode of Geektitude. So remember, this week, please keep it geek. 